What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Hills Are Silent podcast, where we like to chip, 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 chip away and chop it up about the games of yesterday, today, and tomorrow. I am Two Tone the Artist. And I am Mitch Speech. Got a lot of good stuff to go over today. Have some Silent Hill stuff to go over today. As you all know, we love covering all manner of survival horror, Silent Hill included. Uh, yeah, some other stuff for you. Let's jump right in. Mitch, rolling right into the Silent Hill stuff. You and I are both all caught up on Silent Hill Ascension. Now, I remember when Konami announced that they were working on several Silent Hill related projects, including a remake of Silent Hill 2, which is the project I'm most looking forward to. I think there was another game that was in development by another studio. I don't remember what that was called. There are four total projects. So there's actually two, um, there's two other games by other studios. There's one called, um, oh gosh, Silent Hill. Is it Project F or something like that? Or Sounds something about with right. F in it. And then there's another one called something with a town in it. <laughs> <laughs> not not prepared. Let me let me look it up while you're talking. Okay. Anyway, the one that's probably going to be the best is probably going to be the Silent Hill 2 remake. But in addition to those games that are in development, Silent Hill Ascension was another project which is essentially a computer animated web series that viewers can actually participate in. And immediately when I heard that, I was like, nope, not interested. It's just like, it's like I either want to play something or I want to watch something. Like, there's not really an in-between for me. Either I'm too lazy to pick up the controller or I'm way too hyped to just sit and chill and watch something. So, I was, and also I was like, how is this even going to work? I watched some trailers for it and it had this weird, like, pay-to-win mechanics. It was, it was almost like a streaming show that has yeah like free to play pay to win mechanics and stuff like you can put real world money in to have a little bit more influence on what happens to the characters it just seemed like ridiculous anyway what were your thoughts on it when you first heard about this project so i i was very naive unlike you i was actually I was getting my hopes up for it because, you know, it was New Silent Hill. We haven't had New Silent Hill in God knows how long. And uh, just to just to go back, uh, the two other projects I was kind of on, I was kind of correct. One is called Silent Hill Townfall, okay. and the other one is called Silent Hill F. So no project. But I was, I was pretty good on both of those. Um, anyway, I was pretty excited about it because I thought it was going to be New Silent Hill. I thought they were really going to take the... the property seriously after they kind of stumbled with the you know with with downpour as we talked about last week but i actually tuned in live for the first episode on halloween uh, night and really the most fun that i got out of that experience was you could use like you said you could pay or you get you get these credits within this website that mike is showing uh, and you can use those credits to do some certain silly things throughout throughout the game or throughout the the watching experience. You can vote. 
you can vote on how a decision is going to be carried out within the within the episode itself. But you can also do other fun things, like you can just highlight a message within the chat. And so I was just taking advantage of, you know, highlighting a message and just trying to get people to go to our podcast through this <laughs> Through this highlighting message thing, and it really, but it was tough because there were, opening night, there were a lot of people chatting, and they all had the same exact thoughts as you did of, this is really whack. (laughs) And people were dropping like flies, and uh, I haven't heard too much about... as much as I, I highly doubt there was as much of an audience as there was the first night because judging by the comments, I know negativity speaks louder than positivity, but man, that was I didn't see a positive comment throughout that entire first episode that I watched live. It was crazy. Uh, it for me, uh, we could go into a little bit more in depth. The voice acting was terrible. Like holy crap, the voice acting was bad. Like people's mannerisms and then like trying to like, I don't know what the animation style is or what engine they were using, but when they were talking as well, like their facial expressions didn't match up with what they were saying as well as like that they just didn't look very good in general. Like the animation style just didn't hit for me, but I don't know, like their expressions didn't make sense. The dialogue just didn't hit for me and area like in situations where you think it would be a lot more spooky for these people, it was kind of it kind of goes back to uh, when you were talking about Resident Evil and how that person almost died in in the original Resident Evil game and just goes, "Ouch!" <laughs> like that's basically how that entire voice acting was during that Silent Hill Ascension, but yes. not in the charm way. So I'm navigating the site now, and I was just curious. And yeah, there is. So anyway, this this site gives me anxiety i can't stand there's way too much going on yeah there's way too much going on i can't stand like free to play style menus where there's so many things like open your gift your this is the weekly challenge like here's all the season pass stuff you can buy like it's just overwhelming and at first glimpse it's hard to tell what this even is and um yeah i mean it's just like a free to play game you create an avatar and then you can apparently buy the season pass to get influence points as well as little things to put on your avatar like changes of outfits and changing how they look the season pass is twenty dollars they have a a medium influence point pack which gives you like twelve thousand influence points for ten dollars and then a small pack for five dollars and it's just like who Who's paying for this? First of all, I'd love to know the viewership numbers from day one and how that's dropped off till today. Like, I I really, really, if I had to guess, man, there can't be more than a couple of hundred people maybe still tuning in at this point. Like, um, I, I, I want to go back to the, 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 char- the character creation that you can do within the website. I went and created a character and there were very limited customization options. Like, you know, nowadays we're used to these big, big open world RPGs that let you customize every single aspect of like your created character. And this, I don't, I think there was maybe a couple faces, a couple hairstyles and a couple outfits. And I was like, what, 
Like, what is the point of this? Yeah, but the real question is, is like, why are you even creating a character just to watch a TV show? Like, you're not actually playing so, a game. There, there actually is something that they give through the watching experience. So they have like NPCs in the background. Uh, or sometimes they have very limited voice roles. And if you use some of those points, or I think you actually have to spend money, or you do some, you would do something where you get yourself into the game as an NPC. And it highlights your like gamer tag or whatever your name is on the Sound Hill Ascension site. And it says, being played by, you know, Mitch the Peach. And it shows your little avatar character. But if your avatar character is so limited and looks nothing like you, what is even the point? Yeah, it's just it's just a layer of everything I don't like in modern video games added to a TV show. It's like I do not like convoluted um, menus. I do not like stuff that's like season this, season that. Like, all it's just it's just not for, all the stuff I don't like about free to play games and all that. It's just been tacked onto a TV show, and it just to me from the get go, I was like, this is not. I don't like this, but I was still willing to give the TV show itself a chance because I was like, all that aside, yes. if the show is cool and it really captures the essence of Silent Hill, then I'll watch it. I'd So instead of watching it live when things are actually playing out and people are able to like make choices, I watched the chapters after the fact so I could just watch them like as a straight episode. And uh, you're right. The voice acting was not good. the The plot is just all over the place. It's very. I, I just feel like they're focusing on all the wrong things. They're focusing on these characters, yet none of the characters are likable. Um, it's just they're not likable. They're not memorable. Yeah. Very. It's very loosely. Uh, related to silent hill in the grand scheme of things it feels like yeah and they're really not focusing on the horror like they're focusing so much on character development which the characters are poor to begin with so that's not really what they should be focused on like the monsters are an afterthought you might get like a glimpse of a monster here and there each episode and there's just like they're not being taken into yeah i don't know it just really has nothing to do with silent hill other than by name in my opinion and i had to force myself to yeah. get through the Same. chapters just so you and i could talk about it like that's not not something that i want to say about what potentially could have been a cool silent hill tv show well here's my thing like if they wanted to go something down this um i don't know down this route of doing a video game slash viewership experience why not do something why not partner with like a super massive games and do something like the dark pictures anthology does with horror and making your own choices and watching a story unfold based on the choices you make with like limited gameplay mechanics why partner with this where it's literally just a week by week tv show followed by like a walking dead style after show where guys sit there and talk about the show and everything that went down afterward like i don't know i i, I just i i don't get it i feel like that i feel like it misses the mark of hovering not enough like a tv show but also definitely not enough like a game 
Yeah, agreed. <sighs> oh well, I mean, yeah, wouldn't would not recommend. Unfortunately, uh, if you haven't already jumped in, don't even bother. You're not you're not missing anything, and you're not you're not going to get any great Silent Hill lore if you do watch it. And if you have, let us know in the comments if you are still watching it or if you fell off like Mike and I are absolutely going to <laughs> after we discuss this on the pod. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, shifting gears. Mitch, have you ever done an escape room before? I have. Yes, I have there. I've only done a very select few, but I have very positive experiences with the ones I've done. Okay. Do, was it like a birthday party, a corporate event? Like what landed you at one of those places? I went to visit a friend out in San Antonio and we were kind of just bebopping around San Antonio and there was one just chilling out there and we're like, heck yeah, let's just go in and go do it. <laughs> it was kind of just on a whim. All right. Nice. Um, did you solve it? We did not solve the whole thing. We got pretty darn far, but it turned to a point where like we needed, I guess we solved it, but we really needed a hint by at the very end, I believe. So technically solved it, but we had to have a hint. Gotcha. Now I've done an escape room in VR before, which to me is very similar because you're putting on a VR headset. You're literally in the room yeah. going through, finding the keys, solving the puzzles and escaping. So I had done a virtual escape room, but I'd never done one in person. So my buddy had come back into town to celebrate his birthday. And he invited me to the get together he was having at an escape room. So this was my first experience like at a real escape room. So I get there. I'm like 15 minutes late. I'm like, oh, crap, man. So I'm rushing in. I'm rushing in. I get there. I don't see anybody from the group I'm meeting up with. So I call my buddy and I'm like, man, where are you guys at? I'm here right now. He's like, sorry, man, we're still on our way. So even though I was late, I was the first one there. But anyway, so I'm sitting there and I see like three or four groups go before the rest of my team showed up. And, and I ended up watching like the safety video like four times. So by the time my group showed up, we got our room. They went to play the video again. I was just joking around with them like, guys, I got this. All right. Don't break anything. Don't climb on anything. You'll be fine. Uh, anyway, so we get in the room. It was a basketball-themed escape room. So essentially, oh. you are a team, a basketball team, and it's the championship game, and you have been locked in the locker room. So fortunately, <laughs> to prevent issues like this, the coach has hidden keys in various places and puzzles throughout the locker room so that you can get out there and make it to your game on time. Mine was very like Tomb Raider. Like I was going through like caves and trying to uncover secrets to find loot and get out of the getting out of the cave. <laughs> that sounds a lot cooler than, than the one I went to than just it being locked fun. in a smelly locker room. But anyway, and also didn't really make much sense because I was like, if it's a championship game, I think that people would notice the team is missing. And I think the first place they would check is the locker room and maybe somebody would just come and unlock it for us. Anyway, I digress. So 
we did manage to solve the room and get out of there with like nine minutes to spare. We only had to ask for one hint, and that is, I swear up and down it's not our fault because that safety video that I had to watch like five times in a row specifically said, do not apply force to anything. No puzzle needs force to be applied to anything. If you're applying force to anything, you're likely doing something wrong. And there was a part in the room we had to apply force to. And it wasn't until after we got the hint where we called, called the guy on the radio and he's like, yeah, you got to push the wall open. I'm just like, what? That goes against everything I was taught before I walked into this room. But anyway, aside from that, we pretty much solved it ourselves. Uh, we had a great time doing it. And um, the whole time we're playing this escape room, I just kept thinking of Resident Evil. I'm like, this is literally the Resident Evil gameplay loop where you go to one area, solve a puzzle, it either gives you something you can use to solve another puzzle or it gives you something to unlock something, which gives you a key to unlock another door, which gives you a key to unlock another door, to get an item from a puzzle to bring to another door, to unlock some other puzzle to get you a key to get you the heck out of the escape room. Like This is absolutely the convoluted gameplay loop of classic Resident Evil. So, ironically enough, like one week later, I find myself in another escape room. And this one is called uh, Beat the Bomb. If you live in Atlanta, I highly recommend this one. So you basically go through multiple rooms and each one is like a, a individual puzzle or escape room or whatever. And the better, the better you do in each room, because you're racking up a score, it's like a series of challenges, the more time that you are building up. And then the very last thing you have to do is defuse a bomb before it blows up. And you have just however much time you've accumulated from the previous rooms. And some were really cool. One was a, a wall that had a bunch of screen panels on it. And everybody in the team had to work together. It was like you were like hacking, quote unquote, mm -hmm. the, the different panels. And you had to work as a team because how you solve one panel is is displayed on another panel so there's a lot of communication involved and i specifically remember some mobile game that i played with uh with my family on vacation once and it was uh, it was a similar concept where everybody downloaded the mobile game and in order you were all connected and in order to solve the game each of you has to tell the other person like what's on your screen and then the other person tells you what's on their screen and it kind of works together in a puzzle but hands down the coolest room in this was a real life laser grid you know how like in the movies or in games when there's like a heist or something you're gonna go steal something from from a museum yeah, or a I bank remember. they got the the wall of lasers yep it legit was that like they they blew uh fog into the room so you could see this grid of lasers and then the whole team had to like mission impossible it through the lasers and get to the other side and then press the button on the, the wall, letting, letting the game know that everybody made it across. And then they would change it up and you'd have to go back to the other side. So you're constantly like changing patterns. And sometimes they would be, the lasers would even be moving. I'm like, dude, this is like a real life platformer right here. But that was so much fun. Someday, when I'm a ballin' millionaire, I'm totally just gonna have a laser room. 
Because, man, we I were just you were going to say you were going to start it. up an escape room. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so then the final game, there, when you're in the room with the bomb, which by bomb, it's really just like a wall of cannons all pointed at you. Um, you play a mech game. So it's just like a video game that has a mech character and you move, and it's like a tank controls, you move the mech around and then you have to shoot these targets. And once you destroy all targets in a certain order, uh, you defuse the bomb. And I did watch some other people play and I, apparently there are some other games, but that's the one that we ended up getting. And they, eat, they give each player a controller with one button. So normally you would play this game with an entire controller with everything, but each individual button on the controller is split out to each player. And you don't know what button you have. So one person might have the button that turns you to the left. One person might have the button that turns you to the right. One person might, has the but, might have the button that makes you move forward. And one person might have the button that shoots. And another one has a button that pulls up the map. Another one has a button that aims. So imagine playing like a single player game with a group of people and everybody controls one button. Like you, a lot of coordination has to, has to be at play to actually beat that. That would not be one that you could play with random people. You need friends that you are, you are cohesive with and that can, you know, get, can really demonstrate good teamwork. Yeah, so, so we ended up finishing the level before the bomb went off, went off but the place gives you the option they're like we know you won but do you still want to get blasted by the bomb and we we're like hell yeah man that's what we came here for so of course they just they blast all of you with uh with paint just tons and tons of paint and it's it's like forceful too. None of us expected it. It like blew us back to the, to the wall. Holy crap. <laughs> um uh, anyway, dude, it was a ton of fun. Like, I love video games. I love virtual reality, and this, just because of the the physicality involved, and this was like a group group outing where you're all you're getting your exercise in. You know, we were we were working up a sweat while playing through these different rooms, and uh, yeah, it was a ton of fun. Even for the people that were in my group that don't normally play video games. So uh, anyway, the place is called Beat the Bomb. Uh, I think there's some in other cities as well, but that was pretty cool. And it was way better than the escape room where we're just escaping a sweaty locker room. Although we still have fun at that one, too. I'm looking up what they have it in Chicago. <laughs> Do they? Uh, now, it looks like it's only Brooklyn and Atlanta. Oh, wow. There's only two locations. All right, I'm gonna go well, to the actual. Hopefully site they here. do well and they keep yeah, spreading just, out. Or, and also DC. Okay. Um, so anyway, you did that one escape room. Did you do any other ones? I did not do any other ones. It just never really like, it's just never a scenario where I'm like, I'm gonna let's go do an escape room. It kind of just is a thing where it's either like a corporate event or, uh, like we were just walking around and we passed by one that seemed cool and we tried it. So I do want to do another one though because they are fun. Yeah, I was uh, I was hesitant at first about them. I was like, ah, oh, this kind of seems lame. Are they really that fun? But then I did one. And I was like, okay, these are pretty creative. I like this. Yeah, I, was, I will say the same thing. I was apprehensive. I was like, this kind of seemed lame. And uh, but yeah, but I mean, the quality varies. That beat the bomb oh, was yeah. awesome. And that first escape room I did, they had different rooms you could you could book, and it was in an office building. 
like I pull up and it's this tall office building. I'm like, am I in the right place? Cause there's no sign anywhere for it. And I walk in and there's a guy at the front desk and I'm like, uh, is there an escape room here? He's like, oh yeah, it's on the seventh floor. It just seems so weird. And then, yeah, I went up in this, this plane looking office building to the seventh floor and they had rented out the entire floor. And it kind of makes sense because it's an office building with tons of empty offices that they can convert into these different escape rooms. So I was like, that's pretty clever as far as like their location scouting when they created yeah. that place. But yeah, man, when, uh, when you come to Atlanta next, maybe we'll go to beat the bomb. That would be pretty cool. Um, but yeah, it, it's just it's just weird because I feel like just a few years ago, escape rooms weren't even a thing. And then just out of nowhere, now every city I go to, it's like there's escape rooms all over the place. Like when when do these pop up? Because it just seems like a recent thing. Like somebody just came up with the idea, and then all of a sudden everybody just copied them all around the globe, and now they're everywhere. They must do all right. They must be somewhat, you know, I guess uh, profitable because there's so many and they still all the most of most of them still exist, I'm sure. So they must not take much upkeep and they must make some money. Yeah. Who would have thought people would would pay to get locked up and have to Houdini their way out of a room? <laughs> anyway, that's all I got on escape rooms. Just it was an interesting experience. I'll throw up. The video of us getting blasted from that bomb. Yeah, I'm definitely excited role. to see that. Uh, but keeping on with the horror theme, and speaking of Resident Evil, as we mentioned earlier, Mitch, you've been playing some Resident Evil. I have been playing some Resident Evil. I just got done with that Tales of Arise and that uh, that that enormous forty plus hour JRPG. And I wanted to do a smaller experience, uh, still a, a good story, but uh, something a little shorter than 40 hours. And I think I found exactly what I was looking for in the Resident Evil Village DLC, Shadows of Rose. And Shadows of Rose is part of the whole Winter's expansion, is what they're calling it. So it has the Winter's expansion consists of Shadows of Rose, which is the only story DLC. I believe there's a mercenaries mode, which they did something similar in another one of the Resident Evils. And then they have the third person mode where you can actually play through the entire Resident Evil Village campaign with Ethan in third person. And isn't the entire DLC campaign with uh, with Rose, isn't that... It's only in third person, right? That's you correct. You can't switch yes. between it? You cannot switch between it. You're always playing in third person as Rose. And... It, it makes sense for for what it is. I mean, I, I I actually really enjoyed the third person aspect of it. I playing this. I really hope that they go now go back to third person with their with the newest Resident Evil because I kind of miss I miss that third person Resident Evil action. So going uh, back into just uh, Shadows of Rose itself, it only took me about four hours to beat, so not super long. Uh, but it was beefy enough to the point where like, I really felt like I got my money's worth and I feel like now I actually probably will go and play uh, RE Village in third person mode just to even get my money's back or get my money's worth even more because I really enjoyed this DLC in third person. So it take, let me oh, ask you this, is the DLC, is it all brand new areas or are they recycling some areas from the original you're, campaign? You're, 
You're spoiling my content, Mike. Oh, just my bad, dude. Jumping the gun. All right, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Um, so it takes place 16 years after the events of Resident Evil Village. You play uh, You play as uh, I've said as a grown-up high school Rose Winters, who's trying. Basically, I'm I'm going to do loose story elements here. I do not want to give away anything because you really need to experience it yourself. But essentially, she is trying to find a way to get rid of her powers that she has gotten from re village as you know when she was a baby and because she's getting made fun of at school for the way that she looks i'm in the way and and they apparently know about her powers so being embarrassed by them she gets told if she finds this purifying crystal back in the events that take place in re village like the castle and then house benevito she'll be able to remove her powers completely if she goes back and finds this purifying crystal and, I don't know, mends with it. So yes, Mike, to answer your question, you do, the events of Shadows of Rose take place exclusively in the same areas of RE Village. So in some ways it is a bit of a recycling of content because you are going back to the same areas, but they do put a pretty fun spin on it and it made it seem like I was not really tired of being in those areas in the first place like it was like oh like I'm back in house house Benavito and I am excited to be back here because it was my favorite part of Resident Evil Village and I want to say you know the the big baby as we have talked about and the big crying baby in RE Village was probably like my favorite section of that uh, main campaign. Being in that same area and doing something completely different is my favorite part of the Shadows of Rose DLC. And I am not going to spoil it because it is something that you need to go in completely blind to and just experience it. It's frustrating at times, but man, it creeped me out and it was awesome. Like they've really, whoever, whoever was working on it really wanted to make that house Benavito section, like the pure horror section. And they did it great for both the main campaign and DLC. So you do, you do start uh, down in the caves, but underneath the castle itself, and then make your way up into the castle and then the house Benavito, and then you kind of go outside and do some outside stuff. It's all stuff that is recycled from RE Village, the main campaign, but it feels fresh. You have some fresh stuff that's, uh, that you can experiment with because Rose, she has powers. You get to utilize some specific mechanics with her powers that put a fresh spin on it. She still can use guns. She still shoots and kills things with guns, but she she also can use her powers to do to do things such as like freeze, uh, freeze the enemies and slow them down while she pelts them in the head and some other cool mechanics that I won't spoil. So the puzzles are fresh. It doesn't really feel like they're recycling, you know, while it's the same areas, it still feels pretty new. For a four hour experience, I really feel like I got my money's worth. I, I, I burned through that, I think in two nights. I think I did two hours a piece and I was done. Like I, I didn't really want to put it down. So highly recommend, I got it on sale for I think was I think the sale was ten dollars I might have got it for it was ten to fifteen dollars somewhere in there and I feel like that's the sweet spot for this I mean you're not getting a lot of other 
story content within the Winter's expansion aside from Shadows of Rose. But I think playing the Shadows of Rose really tied a bow on this whole Ethan Winters saga uh, within both RE7 and then RE Village. So highly recommend playing it. I really enjoyed it. And uh, it, it really made me want to go back and play RE Village again. So yeah, I'm excited for when you actually get to pick this up and play it, Mike. Yeah, but well, I'm definitely getting it. The funny thing is, is that I was looking at this on the PlayStation Store, and it was on sale for ten bucks. And I, I loved Resident Evil Village because I played through it for the first time this year, uh, from your recommendation. I mean, it was a Resident Evil game. I was probably gonna get around to it anyway. But you're like, nah, man, play that now. So I did recently beat it. So I was looking at the PlayStation Store. It was on sale for ten dollars. I was like, maybe I should just get this now because I'm, I'm kind of wanting to play some more Resident Evil Village. And I held off. And then one or two days later, you hit me up. You're like, hey, I just beat that DLC. It's really good. I recommend it. So I'm like, oh, okay, cool. It was, it's on sale for 10 bucks. I went back into the PlayStation Store. The sale had ended. It's like, dang it, man. Oh. Uh, it'll come back around, though. But yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to check this one out. Um, the Mercenaries mode... I don't know, I just never have been into the mercenary modes on the Resident Evil games, but I, I know they've been putting them in the games for a few years now. Did you give that a try? I did not give it a try. It's something that I would definitely play with you, Mike. I feel like you and I can really play anything cooperatively, and uh, that, uh, and we can have at least a little bit of fun with it. Isn't those mercenaries modes cooperative, if I'm not mistaken, or is that a single player oh, thing that's Maybe a I'm good question i think with this some of them have been cooperative in the past but at least on the steam listing it's it only says single player so okay then maybe, maybe this I'm, one isn't then no i probably will not touch it it's like the one aspect of that dlc that i really had no interest in going into it it was more of the shadows of rose and that's why i waited for it to be ten dollars because the way they priced it i think originally at thirty dollars seemed a little steep for really what I was wanting to do and mainly just complete that four-hour DLC. Yeah, that's understandable. Cool, man. Anything else on Village? No, if you haven't played Village base game, play Village base game. Like, man, that's a, that's a Resident Evil Village. It's, while Ethan is very boring, the people around Ethan are not boring at all. So, I mean, in the gameplay elements itself, the story, the you know the vibe the setting like it's all just fantastic and while i am now ready for them to go back to you know my beloved chris redfield or you know maybe you can put sheva in a game since you know we haven't seen her since resident Evil 5 and she's one of my favorite characters uh i'm ready for the older characters but yeah village is awesome and the dlc just as awesome nice uh so i have been playing the Dead Space remake. So I finished. Sell me on it, Mike. Sell Callisto. me, sell me on it, Mike. To go back to it, just tell. I need, I need to hear it because I, I've been really like holding back on going back to it because I've beaten it already. But from what you've told me off pod, it's, it's pretty darn good. Yeah, 
So you mean you beat in the original, not the remake, right? Okay. The original, yes. All right, so yeah, so I finished Callisto Protocol uh, about a month ago, and the Dead Space remake popped up on Game Pass, and I was like, oh yeah, that's what I've been waiting for, because it, it had not had a price drop since it came out, but when it came on Game Pass, I was like, I got Game Pass, so I can, I can play it for free, essentially. So I dove right in um, immediately. I was sucked in. The graphics are incredible. And I think I've said this before and I'll say it again. Sometimes things can be too detailed to where it kind of, I don't know if it's just because I'm getting older and my eyes are getting worse, but sometimes things are so detailed. It's just like my brain can't process everything I'm looking at. And it's kind of hard to figure out what's what. And dare I say this game might be almost too detailed. <laughs> and uh but anyway that could be a good or bad thing depending on how you look at it i wouldn't really say it's a bad thing but just putting that out there it does stick very closely to the original game there are some quality of life improvements but for the most part it seemed about the same it still does retain some of the original dead space jank and it's been, man, like 15 years since I played Dead Space 1, because I played that when it first came out. And I want to say that was like a 2008 or a 2009 game. And I remember going to GameStop to pick this game up on the day of release. And the guy working there was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. He's like, I've never heard of this game Dead Space. I'm like, dude, it's supposed to come out today. Aren't you guys all about pre-ordering and... And like coming and getting it on day one, you guys don't even have this game. So I ended up going back to GameStop, uh, I think like a week later, and they finally got it in. And I think they only had like one or two copies anyway. But I just knew that Dead Space was going to be something special. Because growing up on Resident Evil, and this, and Dead Space looking like a true horror game, more so than an action game, I was super looking forward to it. And that original game, I cranked through it. I, and uh, playing through this, you know how if you don't see a movie or don't play a game or don't read a book in a very long time and then you finally go back to it, you, you, you feel like you can't remember anything from it. But then as you're going back to it, you're like, I remember all of this. I just didn't realize that I remembered all of this. So that's how this Dead Space remake was. Like all the, the boss battles and like the weird puzzles and stuff, all of it came back to me. And uh, it's been great. It's a solid game. It runs super well on PC. Graphics are phenomenal. Uh, some criticisms would be that at times the game is just too dark. And I know it's a horror game, but as I mentioned earlier, there's so much detail to this game, especially in the enemy design. And sometimes I really just want to look at the enemies and just look at the the spaceship and it's just so pitch black it's hard to do sometimes that's sometimes my gripe with uh like the high dynamic range with with tvs and monitors these days like hdr like can make it beautiful it can make the colors pop it also makes the darkers the darks darker so like sometimes it's just way too dark like i get the vibe that it's trying to portray but 
sometimes HDMR is a little too much, or HDR is a little too much where I can't, I, I can't enjoy it. <laughs> I can't see as well. Yeah, and this is no fault of the the remake because it is a pretty faithful recreation of the first game. But yeah, the spaceship. Once you hit about the eight hour mark, it's like the whole spaceship just looks the same. And <laughs> and but I, like I said, that was that's. That was the, how the original game was. But yeah, at right. some points, I would have liked some contrast where I go into a room that looks completely different or or one room is well lit and I can actually see what the heck's going on. Like, do the lights have to be broken in every level? And sometimes the strobe effects are just ridiculous. I remember stopping in one scene and it's just it's this huge open area where the spaceship is that you first come in on in the game and just every single light is strobing like i get it that's a horror effect that's been made popular in the aliens movies and all kinds of other movies but i'm like this is so uh, like it's just at that point it just kind of broke the immersion because i'm like they're just they put way too many strobe lights in this room <laughs> for a dramatic <laughs> effect uh but anyway in the very last chapter you are outside and it and it is a change of scenery and it was just so refreshing that i was like dang it dude why did this have to be saved for the very last level i would have liked again a little more switching up on the levels and stuff uh but there are parts of this game that are absolutely infuriating and uh, a lot of cheap deaths but again that was kind of how the original game was and uh yeah but overall it's a great game. It has all most of the flaws of the original game, but it was still a ton of fun, and it's definitely worth a playthrough. But uh, I don't know, man. I came off of Callisto Protocol really disappointed in it, and then I had really high hopes for the Dead Space remake. But after replaying through Dead Space and remembering the game for what it really was, an imperfect game, I'm starting to look at Callisto Protocol in a bit of a different light because in hindsight, the story in Callisto Protocol and some of the enemy design and just some of the environments and it and how things constantly are switching up and changing, there was a lot more variety. And I was like, you know what? Callisto Protocol actually was a pretty decent pseudo sequel to dead space looking back on it i mean yes the combat was still not good and that was totally what bogged it down but had callisto callisto protocols combat been a little bit better man i would have say i would have said it beats out the dead space remake which is sad because uh yeah there like there seems like there are a lot of good elements in Callisto Protocol but I've seen that game drop down to the the $5 holla price where you can uh, and even on PS Plus they're giving away for free so um I I really hope they maybe take another swing at that and maybe maybe just mix up the combat a little bit cuz it's from from what you know you've told and what I've heard from other people that is really the the main gripe was the was the actual combat yeah, and as far as the comparison between Dead Space and the Dead Space remake, <clears throat> yes, there's way more detail, but you know, sometimes, I don't know, 15 years have passed, but looking back on Dead Space 1, the graphics for that game still hold up. 
And if you when I when I kept seeing like side by side comparisons, it was not one of those situations where I was like, oh, the remake looks so much better. It's more of those more of one of those situations where you're like, the remake looks different. It looks artistically different, not necessarily better, not necessarily worse. It just looks different. It's not like somebody's remaking like a really old PlayStation One game or a Nintendo sixty four game and giving it modern graphics. Like the the jump in fidelity is big, but it's not a massive leap. And honestly, some of the the look of the original game, just from an artistic like style, was was kind of cooler. Like I do like the stripped down look of Isaac's original suit from the original game. At least they aren't doing what Naughty Dog's doing these days and remaking The Last of Us 2, which was literally just released. What It can't be more than five years that game has been out, and they're already re-releasing it on PS5. Yeah, I mean, if they're actually calling that a remake, they're just falsely labeling it. It's literally them just porting it to PS5 in that case. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I recommend Dead Space. Um and like I said, it brought back my memories of, yes, it is a flawed game. And I do remember liking the second game even more. So I'm second one was very good. I'm hoping they remake the second one as well. If not, I'll just go back and play the second one. Because again, like it still holds up. Not a whole lot has changed. And uh, Dead Space 3 played, was also a lot of fun as well. I've played the third one pretty within the past year. Didn't finish it, but it holds up really well. I don't think there was too much time between two and three, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, three looks incredible. Even to this day, when I was playing that, yeah. I think I beat that maybe back in like 2015. When I was playing it, I was just like, oh my gosh, man. This this is a gorgeous game. Yeah, but uh, anyway, there's another game I've been playing. And uh, it's completely unintentional, but another classic. So I'd invited my buddy to a concert with me. I was like, hey, man, we're going to go to this concert on Tuesday. And th this was a while back. And I was like, would you like to go with? He's like, sure, I'll go with. It was downtown Atlanta. We drive downtown. Uh, I try to park in the parking deck that... I had reserved parking for for the concert and for some reason my parking reservation just wasn't working I'm like screw it man I'll figure it out when we get back from the concert I'm not gonna be messing with it all day so I just just grabbed a ticket and proceeded in came out of the parking deck we started walking towards the venue and we're just talking having a good time and I just noticed there's just not a lot of people around and something just doesn't seem right and then we get to the venue. I don't see a line like there normally is. And the actual main parking lot for the venue is completely empty. I was like, all right, man, what's going on here? So I check my calendar and the concert was the following week. No. I was like, oh. So I looked at my buddy because, you know, he's a busy man. He's got work. He's got kids. You know, he doesn't have the, the luxury of time to go out you know as often as i do so i'm like man don't kill me but uh the concert's next week so we're like all right well we're already in downtown atlanta let's make the most of it we already have the nights so let's go find something to do 
So there is this place called Joystick Game and Bar in Edgewood. And it's this small hole-in-the-wall bar that has a bunch of maintained old arcade games, like classic stuff, like old Ninja Turtles, uh, Turtles in Time, um, Street Fighter 2, like Mortal Kombat, uh, NFL Blitz, like, and, and even older stuff than that, but just like great stuff from the 90s, early 2000s. So I already paid for parking, and that's why my parking voucher didn't work because it was for the next week. But I was like, all right, man, do you want to just walk there? It's a mile and a half away, and um, you know, there's no point in paying for parking twice, and you know, probably could use some exercise and, to- and spend some time outside. So he's like, yeah, we can walk. All right, bad idea. So <laughs> I haven't been downtown in Atlanta in a while, but it is gone to hell, man. Like it is. First of all, this is strange. I'm not. I usually go downtown on the weekends, but on the weekdays, I'm not used to going to downtown Atlanta, where millions of people live, and there's just it just being empty. Like there were hardly any cars. Like the only people on the street were homeless people, and it's it like was the like Walking a, Dead out there, huh? It's like the Walking Dead out dude, there. No lie, no lie, dude. It was freaking. I hate to say it, but it was like The Walking Dead. Like it was, everything was run down. All the buildings were like condemned, and just unfortunately, just a bunch of strung out people just on a lot of drugs. And uh, we walked by this one woman, and just we, as soon as we walked by her, out of nowhere, she just starts punching herself in the head, like as hard as she can, just like bam, bam, bam. Bam, bam. And then she just starts bawling, crying. And then she starts biting herself and is slapping herself and punching herself anymore. Uh, and more. And I was like, dude, it, it was distressing. I was like, she's clearly like having a mental breakdown. And it was yeah. it was distressing just being around her like while all that was going down. So I'm trying to like get that picture out of my mind. We keep walking, and I'm just like, man, dude, downtown Atlanta. Like sometimes I I just live in a bubble and you know I, I forget the shape of the world outside of my house or my tiny neighborhood and uh, it's rough out there so we're walking we got like a mile and a half to go and and, uh, and my buddy he's a big guy but he, even he was like man this is this is sketch and we, we walk by this this one curb and there's just like a box of empty bullets laying on the ground I'm like, what the, what is going on here? So we finally make it to the the bar. We go in there. It's, you know, just a handful of people in there. And it's an old school bar. Like, you got to get quarters and stuff. Like, they got a quarter machine. Nice. They got a quarter machine next to an ATM that charges you like 15 bucks to take money out. So luckily, I had a little bit of cash on me. So I didn't get robbed by the ATM machine. But uh, yeah, I got just a massive, massive bucket of quarters. Uh, we each got some drinks. My buddy got some food. And what what's the first game I see when I walk in there? The House of the Dead 2. In my personal opinion, one of the greatest arcade machines ever made. And this one is in mint condition. Beautiful. Wow. So I'm like, we're beating that, man. 
So, you know, just it's it's making a great night out of a an accidental situation. We didn't have the concert, but there we were, man, having some drinks, uh, some food, and we cranked through the House of the Dead too. And it was so much fun. Um, and then after we finished that, we tried to go through Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Turtles in Time, but we ran out of quarters with about one level to go. No. Unfortunately. So someday I'll have to go back there and finish it up. But it, uh, anyway, so we did all that. And at this point, it's nighttime. And I, we're getting ready to leave the bar. I'm like, oh, here we go, man. I thought that walk was sketchy, like, during the day. We got to make that mile and a half walk back to the parking deck through all this at night. So, uh, yeah, it was uh, way scarier at night, but we made it. <laughs> but, yeah, you should have just taken an Uber was, at that point. What'd you say? <laughs> you should have just taken an Uber for that mile yeah, and a half. Yeah, I thought point. about it. I'm like, man, we should just Uber back to the car. So, uh, anyway, yeah. Uh, and I know Chicago can be a rough city as well so i can't imagine like walking downtown for a mile and a half at night in chicago yeah my very first apartment in chicago it was there was pockets of good area i lived in an okay area but it was not it was not it's one of my favorite neighborhoods but it's also not a super great neighborhood to hang out in late 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 at night and uh, i remember one time i was coming back on the the red line uh which is kind of the more uh it it gets uh, wild at night, I should say. That's uh, that line of all lines. But I remember like getting out at like two or three a.m. and like trying to walk home from there. And it similar scenario to your Atlanta story. It was very sketchy. I had to call somebody and just I'm like, hey man, I just need to talk to you on this way home because if anything happens to me, you know where I'm at. <laughs> One of those scenarios. But uh, yeah, Chicago's definitely got uh, similar similar spots. Yeah, it's always good to let somebody know where you are. Um, I remember I was going hiking um, with with Yesenia, and we were going to this mountain in the middle of nowhere with no cell reception. And we're driving out there. We're just like more and more just like in the boondocks or just in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, Swamp that sounds land, like a horror movie. Say. A straight-up horror movie waiting to happen. Right yeah, there. and we're losing cell reception by the minute. And we're in another... I think we were in another state, too. Like, we drove all the way out to... I don't know where, which state we were in, but one of the neighboring states to Georgia. And I was like, wait a minute. Nobody knows we're doing this. <laughs> so I told her, I was like, text your sister and let her know what we're doing and where we're going to be at. Because if we just straight-up disappear... Nobody will have any clue what city or state or what we were even planning on doing. So ever since that, I, I came to that realization. Now, anytime I travel, I'm always like somebody, my mom, my sister, somebody needs to know this is where I'm, where I'm going. This is where I'm supposed to be staying. So, yeah. So at yep. least if I go missing, somebody knows where to start looking. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Anyway, that's my uh, that's my adventure story from downtown Atlanta and 
That bar awesome sounds cool, though. I, I want to go to that bar now. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome, dude. When you come down, yeah, man. When you come down for the Southern Fried Gaming Expo, we're gonna hit up a bunch of places. Definitely Joystick, a uh, great bar, and uh, a couple other spots too. I'm a sucker for a good a good beer cade, man. Nothing. There's a plenty of them here in Chicago, but uh, I'm I'm always down to go to new ones. Yeah. Oh yeah, the Chicago ones you show me are way better than anything we have here in Atlanta. But you know. It, Still a good spot, nonetheless. All right, man. I think we covered all our topics. You got anything else you want to go over? No, all good. Uh, sick, powered through. We're all <laughs> hopefully not get better uh, soon here. <laughs> yeah, man. Hope you feel better. All right. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Um, you can find all our episodes on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. And we are also located on the internets. At our Twitter, which is at the Hills Are Silent. Instagram is Instagram backslash Hills Are Silent. Our TikTok is at the Hills Are Silent podcast. YouTube, again, is at Hills Are Silent, at the Hills Are Silent. If you have any questions, comments, anything at all, reply to our Spotify, our YouTube, or hit us up on our email inbox, hillsaresilent at gmail.com. We will catch you on the next episode.